live from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. The party is disgusting to me. The stuff that they're doing should be criminal, and they should all be thrown in prison. Yes. Yeah. The McCarthy's, the Cawthorns. The whole audit bullcrap thing that they're doing, I listen to what my counsel tells me. That's when they say go get an endorsement from somebody, I say, all right, cool. No, I don't have respect for Candace Owens anymore. Will I take her donation and take her donors? Absolutely, but it goes no further than that. Yeah. I would never invite her to a Christmas party. Meet Alex Stovall, Arizona Republican candidate for U.S. Congress. An insider within his campaign brought us comments many of his voters and those in the Republican Party will find troubling. From America First messaging to issues of race, big business, tax incentives, and support for completing the border wall, Alex seemed to send mixed messages, saying one thing in private and selling his voters in the media on something entirely different in public. Yes. The McCarthy's, the Cawthorns, the whole audit bullcrap thing that they're doing, it's just another way for them to funnel money for the American people. You know how much money they've raised from this audit? Over $10 million. I try and tell people the audit is paramount, but it's not mission critical. What's mission critical is that we take the House back. If we get this audit done, but the Democratic Party still owns the House, it was in vain. We've got to take the House back. Once the audit is done and truth will come to light, we can make those corrections and make sure it never happens again. So what are your thoughts on the election then? Do you think that Trump won? No. Do I think there was fraud? Yes. Okay but not enough to overturn the election. Mm. But I'm not gonna broadcast that anywhere. Yeah, I'm a Republican moderate. I vote policy. Yeah. I'm not part of the country club in the peanut gallery. I have no intent to be. As we need guys that are going to, or girls, to implement policies and bills that are going to make America stronger. Continue what Trump started. More than likely he'll endorse me, but I'm not gonna publicly advertise it. People didn't like him, not in Arizona. In private, Alex has no problem not only lambasting the party and the views he claims to associate with, but better yet, he still takes their money. Now what I say with my own campaign is different. Granted, I don't want to seem arrogant. That's why I listen to what my counsel tells me. That's when they say go get an endorsement from somebody, I say, all right, cool. No, I don't have respect for Candace Owens anymore. Will I take her donation and take her donors? Absolutely, but it goes no further than that. Yeah. I would never invite her to a Christmas party. But why hide his true feelings about the Republican Party? Well, it appears to be a balancing act strategy to maintain favor with mainstream Republicans while also appealing to more moderate voters. You don't win Arizona by being super right Republican. Yeah. Have you ever played uh, spades or yeah. goldfish? Uh-huh. You never show all your cards, right? Yeah. That's why I'm going to win and other people probably won't. Yes, I'm a conservative. Yeah. I'm not gonna beat on my big old monkey chest running around telling a whole bunch of people I am. First off, it's gonna piss people off. Mm. It's gonna turn people off, and no one's gonna want to give you money. There are a lot of independents here. Independents are what determine the vote. They want to vote for me just so they can say that they elected the youngest black Republican in American history. Like it doesn't matter what your policies are; they just care about that. Yep. That's everybody. You really think people care about policies? Oh yeah, you're getting a real new splash about how politics work. Alex's ever-changing, flip-flopping, shape-shifting views aside, he 
he admits to using his race as an element of his campaign and that voters will elect him for it. Racism is real. What the news is telling you, what Tucker Carlson is telling you, what Ken Sowens is telling you, it's a bunch of baloney. We cannot allow black, Hispanic, or poor white communities to believe this radical agenda, this critical race theory nonsense that they're pushing. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell my children that because they're black, they have less of an opportunity or they're gonna be shorthanded. You wanna be less white? Vote for the young black candidate. No, the stuff that you will soon know could destroy the campaign. If you're not doing anything wrong, then you have nothing to worry about. But if you got skeletons in the closet, they're going to what what's in dark comes to light. Thank <clears throat> thank you Project Veritas for doing what Let me just shut this down real quick. For doing what seems to be not so popular these days and actually doing journalism. This kind of vetting, this kind of research, this kind of scrutiny is going to be um, essential for us to remove these kind of people from the, from, the, uh, from the Republican Party. This is GOP material. This is uniparty material. This, what he is saying right there is the same thing, that, th same things that people like Dan Crenshaw believe, same things that people like Adam Kinsinger believe, same things like people like Liz Cheney believe, and Mom Jeans Mitt Romney, and so many other people, ladies and gentlemen, that are hiding and just sleeping in our party, wolves in sheep's clothing, and we have to make sure that we continue to rid our party of these people, because they do not hold our values. Are they entitled to the values and the opinions that they have? Most certainly. This is America. This is the United States of America, and you have the freedom to have any opinion you want. But if you talk evil in the dark, then today, all of us godly journalists, some of us, are uh, more than others, uh, will make sure that what you do in the dark comes to light. And that is the great thing about what's happening right now. That is the great way <clears throat> that God is using people like James O'Keefe and others to expose this darkness. Because now, ladies and gentlemen, somebody like the guy that you just saw, and particularly the guy that you just saw, will no longer be voted for in the great state of Arizona. What a bullet that everyone dodged there. And not to bring race into it, but since this young man actually did bring race into it, let me just tell you, you heard what he said. He said that he was going to gain all of Candace Owens' followers and donors. He was going to gain all of President Trump's followers and donors. And really because those donors just want to say that they voted for the youngest black Republican to win in the state of Arizona. But what this gentleman doesn't understand is that we on the right, we real people on the right, don't care what color you are. And we're not going to vote for you based on the color of your skin. That is a Democrat move, not a real conservative move. We would be drawn to you because you are young, yes, because you clearly have a level head on your shoulders as far as understanding how to public speak and understanding how to, to present yourself well and, and clearly intelligent, but clearly evil. And definitely a wolf's and sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I would like to thank the first two donors of the day on Rumble, Alicia Wida. She says, "Happy birthday to Vicky." Yes, we're going to be singing to Vicky here very shortly, and also her son Ryan, his birthday as well. And then Java Girl says, "Pray for Nor uh, New York City. We need serious help here." We will keep fighting, and that's the kind of inspiration that I love every single day. We will keep fighting.
And we're going to continue to keep fighting to, to expose people like that so they never get into a position of power. And we're going, wow, only if we would have. Only if we, maybe we should have. Maybe we should have done this. Maybe we should have done that. And that's why I tell you folks, not that like I'm not a fan of a lot of these Democrats that are now running and saying they're Republican. But you may just get lucky with some of those people who have lived on the other side who want to make a change, who want to repent and want to come to the right because their values are starting to be clear to them. People like this, really, really bad news. Now, good thing about this is, as he has been uninvited from the uh, Turning Point USA event that's coming up, which is absolutely great. The GOP has denounced him in Arizona and will no longer associate themselves with him. And this little scumbag is going to make some kind of a statement today. Now, having said that, I want to say happy birthday to Vicky. I want to say happy birthday to Ryan. I want to say happy birthday to whoever's birthday it, out, out, it is out there that I may have missed. And I want to sing specifically right now to Vicky because I promised her I would. So, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Vicky. Happy birthday to you. And she was like, please sing me happy birthday. So, of course, I'm going to. I love singing happy birthday to everybody and making them feel special. God bless you, Vicky. And God bless everybody else whose birthday it is. Like little Ryan's. God bless you too, Ryan. Um, I just want to let you guys know that also I will be adding more items to the store this weekend and next week. My wife informed me today that if you want your gear that you order off jeremyherald.com, whether it be a you voted for a you owe me gas money because you voted, voted for Biden, a you can't beat God shirt or hat, a freedom shirt, uh, supporting life from America and, and LFA gear, anything that's on the store, you have to order it by the end of the day on the 16th so she can get it out by the 17th so that you'll have it by Christmas. I believe she's sending out about 35 or 40 orders today. So God bless you all and thank you all for your help. Let's go to the verse of the day today, folks. And, uh, you know, I was struggling this morning. I was struggling this morning with uh, getting going. I felt a little tired this morning. Of course, I went to bed a little late. Worked late last night, um, and I and and I really didn't get to spend much time with the Lord this morning. So the time that I did spend with Him, and I know I should have made time. I should have just made time for that. But the time I did get to spend with Him was was quality time, and uh, it led me to to the verse that I put up today. So let me bring this up for you. I titled today's verse: "You just never know. You just never know." I said this: "Hello and great morning. Have you praised the Lord for everything that you woke up to today?" If not, take a few minutes and quietly, by yourself, do so. Your sight, your hearing, your smell and your taste, your loved ones around you and more. God gave you all of that. God provides everything we need and all of our heart's true desires. You want nothing with the love of the Lord. And the verse of the day comes from Luke 12:40. Jesus said, you also must be ready. You must be ready, he says, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You have all of these prophets all over the world, ladies and gentlemen, all of these pastors, high priests, all of these religious leaders all throughout the world who are focusing so much on when Jesus is going to come back, trying to predict exactly when that might be. And the best way to predict that 
and I'm going to get into reading my, my statement here in a little bit, but I just wanted to touch on this. The best way to predict that is by looking at the Bible and looking at the times and seeing if what the Bible said is going to happen before Jesus comes is actually happening. Going back to Scripture, referencing back to Scripture, and trying to figure out when he's going to come back. But really, we don't need to do that. We don't need to spend time, money, or effort into worrying about when he's going to come back. Jesus said, when all of the nations of the earth have heard the gospel, then he'll come back. And that's all we need to know. So because we don't need to focus on when he's going to come back, let's focus on what he's going to do when he comes back, and specifically what he's going to do with you. He said, be ready. Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. They say when he comes back, it will be like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. When that time comes, whether you are alive here on earth, or you have already passed, the earth and everything in it will be judged. I cannot imagine a world where Jesus comes back and I am so very happy and then he looks at me in the eye, points his finger at me and says, depart from me, I never knew you. That would be the most scary, terrible and lonely feeling ever. And the worst part is, folks, at that point, if that happens, it is too late for you. There is absolutely nothing, and I will say nothing like I'm capitalizing it in a text, which is exactly what I did. There is absolutely <clears throat> nothing that you can do. We always think that we have more time to see the world, play with our kids, accomplish our goals, and learn from our mistakes. The thing is, we never know. Our heart could give out tonight. We could get into a car accident on the way to work. We also never know when Jesus is going to come back, and the signs of the times are looking like it may be sooner than we all think. Since we can't tell the future and don't know when our time is done or when the Lord and Savior will return, the best thing for us to do is to repent now and get a relationship with him right now. Just drop to your knees, drop down and give it all to him today. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you have to confess, confess, he already knows. So don't be embarrassed. Whatever it is that you have to say you're sorry to the Lord for, whatever it is that's holding you back, just drop down and give it away because he already knows what it is anyways. It's not like you're hiding anything from him, okay? He loves you so much that he will forgive anything that you have done. He is waiting for you. He's waiting for you right now. This is not a sermon or a preacher preaching. This is a man who has done many bad things in his life, and God intervened much like he did to Paul, and I was forced to see the light. Thank God that that happened. Thank God that he intervened in my life, because if he didn't intervene in my life, then you wouldn't be seeing or hearing from me today, ladies and gentlemen. So, he tries to intervene in everybody's life every day. Maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe you haven't heard it. Maybe you've just plain ignored it. But try to listen today, ladies and gentlemen. 
Try to listen to him calling today. He's always calling. Jesus is always calling. So pick up the phone. And if you've missed the call, call him back today. In his holy name, amen. What a great, great verse this morning. What a great, great time I spent with the Lord this morning. Even though it wasn't as much as I wanted, it was still quality time. Quality over quantity, right? Let's uh, all join together and say the Lord's Prayer as we do every, la- every day, ladies and gentlemen. Cap off this first segment right and then get right into the first and foremost section of today. Whether you are a, an adult, whether you're a grandma, a grandpa, a son or a daughter, a sister, a brother, or whether you're just a tiny kid at home being homeschooled and you're watching this with your parents, let's say the Lord's Prayer together, okay? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, my prayers are being answered. I asked for a wonderful white Christmas this year, and we have been blanketed overnight with some of the most beautiful light and fluffy snow. What a great, great uh, blessing that is to have a white Christmas, especially if that's something that you're used to, a tradition that you're used to. And we got a beautiful blanket of it last night that I think will stick around until Christmas. So a great blessing and uh, uh, answered by the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the first and foremost section. If you're watching on Rumble, please do me the favor of sharing this and reaching down and hitting that Rumble button. Um, and, and, And to all those who've done some Rumble rants today, It's truly a blessing to see that extra uh, money come in because it's something that I never budget for. So it allows me to do things that are spontaneous and that move forward quicker with Live from America to get to a bigger and a better spot. And of course, we are also live on Roku. If something happens on Rumble, please download the Roku app or go to your Roku TV or your Fire Stick app or Fire Stick TV. We are live on both of those now under LFA TV. And of course, we are live on Getter as well. Here we go. First and foremost section of today. Last night. The United States Senate voted to overturn Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for public businesses with a hundred or more employees, ladies and gentlemen. This is big news. Now, this is probably going nowhere. This is probably going absolutely nowhere, even if it does for some reason pass the House because there's people who just don't want to say it out loud but want to vote for it, uh, uh, vote against it, but they don't want to talk about it. It may happen. Now, Nancy Pelosi will not put this on the floor. However, the House Republicans can force her to put this on the floor for a vote. But let's just say in a perfect world, it passes the House and then it goes to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has already said that he's going to veto it. So right now it's not going anywhere. But the reason that I wanted to start this today with the first and foremost section was because of the implications of it and seeing the forest for the trees and exactly what happened. Before I get into that, I'd like to thank you, uh, Vicki, so much. She sent a $20 special uh, donation, and maybe that's for, for, for singing for her a happy birthday song. If that's the case, I'll sing happy birthday all day to everybody. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. 
I want to uh, I want to bring up this story real quick, and this is what happened last night at the Senate. The Senate voted 52 to 48 to repeal Biden's vaccine mandate. Of course, cackling Kamala Harris had nothing to do with it because it wasn't a 50-50 vote split. And why wasn't it a 50-50 vote split? For one, it's surprising. It is surprising, ladies and gentlemen, that all of the Republicans in the Senate voted to uh, to pass this bill anyways. But the fact that they needed two Democrat senators and exactly what I told you was going to happen. Yesterday, Senators Joe Manchin and Senator Tester joined with the Republicans to and voted to overturn Biden's vaccine mandate. Now, like I said, while this probably has no chance to go anywhere, and we already know it's DOA, when it gets to Biden, it actually lets the American people know exactly who Biden really is and who this Democrat Party is actually really is. Now, everybody should know who they really are, whether you voted for them or whether you didn't, whether you're for them or whether you're, or whether you're not, whether you were for them, but you've scaled back and said, you know what, I'm not happy because the country's not going on the right track. Everybody should know by now who these people are and what their agenda is. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If there are independents and Democrats out there that have decided not to get vaccinated for health reasons because that does exist or for any other reason that they've decided not to get vaccinated but are not anti-vaccinations but also got fired from their job because they refused to get it guess who is going to see this story and go wow you have really screwed me and my family over the republicans are actually trying to vote for a bill that would have allowed me to keep my job but because of you and your your your, your agenda to get this jab into everybody's arm Look what happened. And there's going to be people that come over to the Republican side because of this. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, seeing the forest for the trees here, exactly what I said was going to happen with Tester and Manchin. Okay? They ended up crossing the aisle and voted with Republicans. This is a major move because it's only going to alienate people like Tester, Manchin, other moderates, and Kirsten Sinema uh, even more. It's only going to alienate them even more by the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is going to lash out and attack them even more. And to be honest with you, as much as I don't want to see anybody bullied or attack, attacked, the more that Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, Tester, and other moderate Democrats are attacked for not being lock in step with the Democratic Party, the better chance we have of them leaving the Democratic Party. And if they leave the Democratic Party and become independents, to me, that's just as good as um, becoming Republican because that now gives them a little bit of courage. It's given them a little bit of courage and gives them a little bit more of a foundation to stand on um, when it comes to making uh, their votes, whether they go to the right or to the left. And if they happen to go to the right, they won't have to be crucified for it as much as they are being a part of the Democratic Party. And if they come over to the Republican Party, well, then most of the time they'll vote with Republicans anyway because they want to be accepted and they want to be uh, part of the ranks. So as much as this isn't going anywhere, we shouldn't have gotten our hopes up about it going anywhere. We should definitely have our hopes up about what is going on behind the scenes and, of course, reading the forest uh, for the trees. Now, this is what Tester actually said. I am not crazy about vaccine mandates. Tester told that to NBC News before the vote, later calling the federal requirements burdensome regulations. Well, duh. However, the resolution will likely be blocked by the Democrat-controlled House. Now, if the resolution passes the House... Just like we've already talked about, Joe Biden will veto it. Saki even said that during her press conference. Okay, Joe Biden, as we all know, mandated uh, companies with 100 employees to either test workers 
or prove they are vaccinated. Three federal judges have now blocked Joe Biden's vaccine mandates within the last few weeks. And Louisiana U.S. District Judge Terry Dowdy, who we talked about many times, blocked a federal COVID-19 vaccine mandate for health workers just a week ago. The ruling by Judge Dowdy follows Missouri's U.S. District Judge Matthew Shelps ruling that blocked the mandates in 10 states. And a federal judge on Tuesday blocked Joe Biden's vaccine mandate requirement for federal contractors nationwide. It is obviously a very unpopular move by the resident who poops his pants and lives in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And ladies and gentlemen, this wonderful United States of America is smacking him down left and right. But again, the good news here is that two Democrats finally, finally woke up and decided to vote against this Biden regime, which is only going to bring more heat down on their head, which is only good for all of us. So it's not bad news, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually good news. And I understand I saw a bunch of people being completely negative Nancy's last night when it came to this vote going, well, it isn't going anywhere anyway. It isn't going anywhere anyway. Well, of course it's not going anywhere. Of course it's not going anywhere. But I don't think it was ever really meant to go anywhere. It was meant to make a statement. It was meant to draw out uh, people like Joe Manchin and Tester. And it was meant to cause more of a divide in the Democratic Party, as if there's not enough already. Okay. Now, speaking of dirty scumbags and people who are constantly trying to be lockstep in with the evil decisions that are made on the left and the uniparty people like uh, Dan Crenshaw and the uniparty people like Adam, uh, Adam Kinzinger, let's talk about Brian Rattenberger for a minute. I have a major update as it uh, pertains to election audits in all of these swing states, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go from one to the other. In some cases, good news. In some cases, status quo. But let's move down to Georgia for a minute. As the Secretary of State, Brad Rattenberger, um, still is holding the stance that nothing happened on the night of the election. Nothing happened with the water main break. There was no nefarious action shutting down the election and, and, and counting votes in the middle of the night. All of that, ladies and gentlemen, is just a a farce, a fantasy for people who want to stir up trouble, is basically what he's saying. Now, he was on John Frederick's radio show yesterday. Now, I like John Frederick's, but I'll tell you what, John Frederick's needs to be a little bit harder when he's uh, on people like Brad Rattenberger. If you're going to be hard against him off air, I mean, um, while you're not talking to him and while you're doing your show, but then you get him on your show or you get him on your radio show and you do an interview with him, you better bring that same level of heat, okay? Other, other than that, you're just, you're just doing this. You're just doing a ton of this. Now, what I'm about to uh, let you listen to is an audio um, of an of a, uh, interview that happened on John Frederick's radio show. That's why it's in audio. It's only about a minute and 20 seconds long, and it doesn't go into what John Frederick said after that. Um, I went and looked, looked and listened to it, and he really doesn't hold him to task on his answer, at, ne at least not like I would have or most of you would have. Not to say that John Fredericks is in any way a rhino or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I just wish that people that would talk tough about people while they're not in front of them or while they're not on a Zoom call um, on the show, I wish that same kind of uh, toughness would be talked uh, when they're right in front of you. That's just the way I see it, just the way I was raised. But anyway, I do want to play you the audio right now of Brad Rattenberger talking to John Fredericks about this issue yesterday. Brad, what was the deal with the, um, with the cases that were coming out under the table at the uh, State Farm Arena in the middle of the night, the video we all saw on that uh, at well, the hearing? What, what, was it, what, was the, what was the deal with that? 
Those, those uh, State Farm Arena was under 24-7 video surveillance. In the, in the, in the morning, uh, they showed that those ballot boxes were empty, zip-tied, they secured them, and then they rolled them underneath the table. At 10.30, they thought they were done, and so what they did is they pulled those ballot boxes out, put the unscanned ballots in there, and put them underneath the table. They got a call that said, hey, you're not done. You need to go ahead and continue scanning, and that's when they pulled those ballots out. Those were the same ballots. That had been actually investigated by the FBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, our investigators, and what the FBI and GBI interviewed the employees that worked there. Nothing happened in State Farm, but Woody Giuliani came to a Senate committee meeting and sliced the dice that video out of sequence. And he said there's something there. Bobby Christine, who uh, replaced B.J. Pack from the Southern District, the U.S. Attorney, he came up and he said there was nothing there. He closed that investigation. But that's a huge urban myth that's been out there for over a year. That's a huge urban myth that's been out there for over a year. First of all, if I was John Fredericks, I would have stopped him right there. When he said in the middle of that ranting, the FBI has looked at this, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations has looked at this, the Georgia Election Commission has looked at this, I would have said, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Back up the babbling boat just a second there, uh, liar. Um, who cares? what the FBI has done, who cares what the Georgia Bureau of Investigations has done, uh, has done, and who cares what the Georgia Election Commission has done. Every one of those people are nothing but lying, scumbag, Maricopa County wannabes. Who cares? You're going to throw legitimize, you're going to throw any kind of le legitimization behind their word? You're going to throw, you're going to legitimize their efforts and their investigations? These are the same people that are in bed with the same people that you can just put square after square up like the Brady Bunch of all of these... That was false and fake, this uh, fake news. All of these fake, fake news, news outlets, you could put them all up there, they're all saying exactly the same thing over and over and over again. The regurgitated bullcrap that came out of the FBI, the, the, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, and the election commissions is the same rhetoric that you heard coming from Maricopa County, Katie Hobbs, the same rhetoric that you heard coming from Pennsylvania, the same rhetoric that you heard coming from Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson up in Michigan, the same rhetoric that, you, that you've heard all over the country, it's the same thing over and over and over again, like a record player stuck on stupid, we get it, and that's exactly what I would have said to him. I would have said, you know damn well there was no water main break, and you know damn well that you guys shut down the election and counted massive amounts of mail-in ballots, we've seen the videos, we've seen the videos more than a hundred times, and not just one video of Ruby and her daughter, we've seen many videos of this that, that corroborate exactly what we're saying, so here's my thing to you is prove it don't tell me what he said or she said i'm not here to hear any of this regurgitated fbi hearsay no 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 prove it to me otherwise shut your mouth if you're not gonna if you're not gonna do anything but lie okay shut your mouth God ruined a perfectly good butthole when he put teeth in your mouth. That's what I would have said to Brad Rattenberger. You're not just going to sit here and say this stuff over and over again when we know otherwise. Instead of doing all of this back and forth, instead of doing all of this kindergarten arguing, let's or kindergarten arguing, let's just do let's just make it easy and simple. Prove it to me. Somebody said take out the time to take out the trash. The only thing that comes up to my mind when I see that is take out the papers and the trash and you won't ever be coming back. <laughs> if you can't count all them votes and we don't want you around no more. Yaggity yak. Don't talk back. 
<laughs> Whatever happened with Ruby and her daughter? Nothing, right? They were probably made council people. Well, funny you say that. Funny you say that. Because your ears must have been ringing. Because that's who I'm bringing up next, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to become familiar with this young lady right here on the screen. This is Jessica Laurent. Jessica Laurent has quite a story. She's quite a story, ladies and gentlemen. She lives in the state of Georgia, and she grew up very, very poor, much like myself and many others. She grew up in the ghetto, worked her way out of that poverty, and worked her way into a very, very prominent conservative radio talk show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jessica Laurent. Once again, let me read a little bit about Jessica Laurent and what she has to say about Ruby and her daughter, who obviously broke election law. She said this, and I'll get into it. She said, you're really about to destroy yourselves. You're really about to destroy yourselves. I talked about this about a week and a half ago, but let me get into reading this story. Jessica Laurent, who had a difficult upbringing, in the ghetto is now a successful conservative activist and radio talk show host uh, shared her thoughts and concerns for the two women in georgia who are suing the gateway pundit um, with urging and assistance of far left money and support <laughs> they're about to be thrown under the bus and left out to dry real quick jessica laurent was on the radio uh, Real Talk 93.3 on Tuesday afternoon. And she was talking with people at the Gateway Pundit. They discussed um, the suitcase scandal that occurred on election night 2020 in Georgia, where hidden ballots and suitcases were pulled out from under the tables by election workers after kicking observers out of the room and then fed into the tabulators multiple times. This event was first reported by Rudy Giuliani during the presentation on the 2020 election in Georgia before the Georgia legislature. If you remember, ladies and gentlemen, that was that same legislative hearing in which Javon Hutton Pulitzer and his team actively hacked into an election uh, machine, Dominion machine, in Fulton County right there that day. The Gateway Pundit later identified three of the operatives, including two women, who were involved in the late-night scandal. These two individuals are now suing the Gateway Pundit. Of course, that is Ruby Freeman and her daughter. Okay? After the explanation, uh, explaining the situation to Jessica Laurent, she shared the following. First of all, they, the Democrats, want to create an issue, she says. They create an issue around election time, and then they're, and then they're look, we're here to save you from that problem, the problem that they created. We created the problem. We're going to give you the solution as long as you vote for us. But then all of a sudden, when there's no election time, they don't care. Look at Black Lives Matter. Look how relevant they've been lately. You know what I mean? They use and abuse people only around election time, and then they drop them like bad habits. So when, when, when Joe Hoff from the, from the Gateway Pundit shared that the media is already making this lawsuit a black issue, Jessica shared the following. It could have been Betty White pulling out the suitcases from under that table. It don't matter, she says. You report the news, period. You report what you see. They're not used to that, and they don't like it. They don't like it at all, she said. Um, she said, this is another, like you said, trying to make it a black and white issue. All of this. You're a white supremacist, says the media. You're trying to attack these hardworking black people who are just simply trying to vote, says the media. Your lives, talking about the individual suing the Gateway Pundit, were already turned upside down, she says. You're working a poll. Okay, you volunteered to work at a poll. Come on. You ain't sitting there with millions of dollars over there. Stop playing, she says. So, 
You're really about to destroy yourselves, she says. There's too much information out now, but you don't know that. You let these people use you as a pawn. They're using these two women as pawns. And when they're done with these two women's, they're these two women, they'll be washed up. And you're not going to have anything left and nobody to care about you anymore. She's exactly right, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly how the Democratic Party works. That's how they've always worked. And the fact that everybody is keen to this makes you understand or lets you understand that there's no way that they can get over on us anymore. We're 10 steps ahead of them. Now, the great thing about Ruby Freeman and her daughter suing the Gateway Pundit, it puts the Gateway Pundit in the same position as Steve Bannon, Mark Meadows, and Roger Stone are currently in when it comes to the J6 Unselect Committee. They are now defendants, ladies and gentlemen. And as defendants, you have the right to any and all documents, information, or any statements, video footage, audio, anything that is um, that is uh, against you. You have all the rights to that material. And once you get that material, you can literally show who did what wrong in defending yourself. And that's exactly what Bannon is going to do with the J6 committee. And it's exactly the opportunity right now that the Gateway Pundit has to expose Ruby Freeman and the entire left all the way up to Stacey Abrams as it pertains to the voting fraud that happened in 2020. Don't you see what's happening here, folks? These people have nobody else to go after. Orange Man Bad is not in the picture strategically. Okay, And I told you the other day, they're not going to go after their illegitimate resident in the White House coloring inside the line, soiling himself. They're not going to do that. So what are they going to do? They're going to eat each other until they destroy each other. And this is another form of that. So a lot of people are like, I can't believe they're suing the Gateway Pundit. This is bad. No, it's not. This is the best news you could possibly hope for. Because all of that material that they're not letting you have, a judge will order them to give you. Ah, it's beautiful to be an American. And isn't, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Let's have a drink to that. Ah, gotta love it. Gotta love a good old American fight. You know what I mean? Let's move on from Georgia now to Arizona. <laughs> oh, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. We already know that um, Steve Chukri, he resigned in disgrace. Because the audio tapes of uh, the audio re recordings, I should say, of him basically roasting all of his other board members, throwing them under the bus and, and, and saying exactly why they didn't want to do the audit. That came out. He had no choice but to resign. So he resigned in disgrace. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors have implemented somebody else to take his place. Now, these are normally elected positions. So why there's not a special election held, I don't know the Arizona state law or I don't I actually I don't know what's really the 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 rules and the laws in Maricopa County because that's probably where this exists is in Maricopa County. Where I live, you would have an, a special election. Is if it's an elected seat, you wouldn't just appoint somebody and put them in there. But this is what Maricopa County did. Again, I don't know if this is against the rules or by the rules or what. That's something I haven't had time to look into. What I really wanted to bring up to you, though, was exactly what happened. So we have the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors who are apparently still under investigation by Steve Bernovich. And just yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, they appointed a new member to replace disgraced Steve Chukri. Okay, yesterday, Thomas Galvin, who is an anti-Trumper and also an anti-election integrity guy, 
Uh, they put in his major rhino, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, unelected and put there by the other members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. He was sworn in yesterday into Chukri's former seat. Let's, let me go to the story quick so I can read this a little bit more in depth for you. Okay? Here we go. <clears throat> the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors appointed a new member to replace Steve Chukri, who resigned after... Um, the, the recordings came out where, where he was in a, a big, basically in, a, in a, an internal fight with his colleagues and, and it was made public. Quote, I am persona non grata right now with my colleagues, he says. I was passed over. I was supposed to be vice chairman. They chose Mr. Gates because of the opposition to this, said Steve Chukri in reference to his uh, favoring uh, an audit of Maricopa County. Chukri wanted uh, a real audit, but his colleagues were scared. Which is, which is why I don't understand why Chukri was the one who resigned and not the colleagues after he said what he said about him. As a result, he was left powerless and he resigned his chair on November 5th. He refused to come clean, like, uh, likely because he plans to run for governor one day and he doesn't want to lose any of his allies. But today, Thomas Galvin, an anti-Trumper and anti-election integrity rhino, was sworn in to Chukri's seat. Now, here's an earlier tweet by Galvin that was pulled up. Okay, really disgusting and obscene. Ward, he's talking about Kelly, Kelly Ward, doesn't care about the safety of our elected officials, our law enforcement officers, and even the protesters who were lied to by people like her. Ward only cares about advancing her own politics. That's just one of the many tweets that were pulled up by Thomas Galvin. And this is from mainly for you people in Maricopa County, okay? And there's a picture right here of this guy getting sworn in. Let me bring it up for you. There he is. That's, that's him right there, Thomas Galvin, sworn in yesterday. Oh, everybody made sure they wore their masks. Got to wear your mask, right? Um, and now I want to read you this other, check out this tweet from Column, Columnated Ruins. You need to get serious about dissolving Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Thomas Galvin is anti-Trump, anti-grassroots, anti-election integrity, and anti-Kelly Ward. This is bad. This is real bad. Now, Kelly Ward, Arizona GOP chairwoman Kelly Ward, actually agrees that Calvin is a rhino and that the Arizona Senate in legislative session early next year needs to dissolve the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors for all of the election fraud that happened, all of the stuff they're under investigation for, and she is urging the set, the Arizona Senate to move forward regardless of Brnovich's investigation and to dissolve the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, which controls 60% of the state. That is massive, ladies and gentlemen. So on this uh, legislative session docket, coming in January will be a decertification of the 2020 election and ladies and gentlemen hopefully now will be a uh, some kind of, of discussion or some kind of uh, uh, of movement towards dissolving the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors they're not needed ladies and gentlemen they've been corrupt for a long time and it's time for the Arizona Senate to do something about that so while you're calling the Arizona Attorney General while you're calling people in the Arizona Senate make sure that along with uh, pushing this investigation and decertifying this election, 
Along with that, ladies and gentlemen, you add to that that you want your state Senate to dissolve the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, which controls 60% of the state. Doug Ducey will do nothing. And later tonight, I'm going to show you a lot about Katie Hobbs that the mainstream media is not talking about. I didn't have time to talk about it today because there's a lot to surrounding it and I have a ton of other things to get to. But tonight we'll be talking about that. Now, let's move, let's stay in Arizona for a minute because we got some more breaking news. Arizona State Representative Mark Fincham, House Whip Leo Biasucci, and Senator Sonny Borelli have announced a public hearing on the election integrity in Pima County next Monday. This is big news, ladies and gentlemen, because we already know the fraud occurred in Pima County just as it did in Maricopa County. Obviously not on the same scale because they're two very different places in terms of population. However, ladies and gentlemen, we already know that there's at least 40,000 votes in Pima County that were fraudulent. So once this hearing starts, they're going to dig into Pima County the same way they dug into Maricopa County. And hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, they have this all done in Pima County by the end of January so it will fit in with the special session topic of decertifying the election now the special or i mean it's not a special session excuse me the regular legislative session now that's going to go on for months so there's going to be plenty of time but this is perfect timing for pima county to get involved the mission of this hearing coming on next monday is the same as it was on november 3rd 2020 the objective is to receive evidence and testimony that could serve to prove or disprove the alleged discrepancies in the 2020 general election. Now, not that we really need to do this, ladies and gentlemen, but by procedure, this must be done this way. And the reason why it must be done this way is because you don't ever want this going to a Supreme Court or a circuit court or, or a district court and say you didn't take the proper steps because then you're, you're, you're basically screwed. The audit of Maricopa County's 2020 election revealed hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots, missing signature verification, illegal and accurate, illegal and inaccurate voting registration law violations and law violations on video, which was the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors literally erasing election documents. It has been 75 days since Attorney General Mark Burnovich received the evidence, and so far, so far outside of one interrogation. They've done pretty much nothing to this point. <laughs> Check this out. Look at this picture. <laughs> oh, I love that picture, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, right now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to give the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day. Because they're trying anything they can to make sure that they save face and keep their power. And it's not going to work. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Pretty soon we're going to give Mark Burnovich the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day if he doesn't get, a, get his butt in gear. Uh, but anyway... <clears throat> The fraud goes far beyond Maricopa County. President Trump recently released a statement revealing new data from Pima County. That was about a couple weeks ago, including precincts in Pima with over 100% turnout. Arizona State Rep and Trump-endorsed candidate um, Mark Fincham spoke about these discrepancies, including 35,000 fictitious votes inserted into Pima County's election. So, ladies and gentlemen, I talked to Mark Fincham when I was in uh, when I was in Virginia with him for the action 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 rally and he says the same thing uh, that everybody else I've talked to in the in different states says 
The biggest problem here is money. There's no money allocated to doing audits. You must raise the money in order to do audits. And the mainstream media, Google, and all of these other platforms are, are doing everything they can to shadow ban people like Mark Fincham. So you can go to votefincham.com and you can get involved and you can help if you want to uh, donate any money at all to further this uh, this election audit in Pima County. Again, ladies and gentlemen, by law, they have to raise this money. This money cannot come from taxpayers through the system. It just can't happen. Donnie C says, taking way too long. I think these clowns' political career is over if he does if he does not prosecute. I agree. I agree. I don't believe that it's taking way too long. It might be taking way too long for you and for me as far as the way we look at life. But when you're talking about government, red tape, and all this kind of stuff, especially when you're talking about decertifying an election, I never thought we'd be this far in just 11 months. And I think we're further than, than I ever thought that we would be. And going into the sessions... The legislative sessions is a perfect timing for all of this to happen because you don't always have to rely on people just like Mark Burnovich. You can rely on the Senate there. You can rely on Secretary of State, ju- uh, uh, judges, governors. It depends on what pa- stage of the, uh, the investigation that you're in. But we're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing and I'm doing the right thing and we are making things happen, okay? Angel Girl, I've talked to Tony Shupi. I've talked to Tony Shupi about the Pennsylvania audit and we are uh, going to make that a reality. They uh, will be coming on the show, okay? All right, before we move any further, we're going to be going to Wisconsin next. If you want an update on the Wisconsin election audit, we will be moving forward. But first, I have to direct your attention to the American Strong Business page, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Here we are today. Let's refresh this and let's see where we are. We are at 151 businesses, folks. We are 99 short of our goal to have 250 businesses on the American Strong Business page by the end of December. I want to highlight one business right here, which is Atlantis Pool and Spa. Now, this is actually owned by our very own Donnie C., ladies and gentlemen. Atlantic Pool and Spa in North Glen, Colorado. Let's kick right over to the website real quick. Here we go. This is what it looks like. If you guys are in Colorado or if you guys want anything to do with pools or spas and you're in and around Colorado, then reach out to Donnie C. That's the landing page right there. Scroll through it real quick. It gives you a mission statement there. We're a small family owned and operated business. Amen. That's what we want, ladies and gentlemen. Contact them today, Atlantis Pool and Spa, on the American Strong Business page. I love this directory. I've been scoping out all the businesses on there. We're not calling the restaurant. Somebody asked, don't forget to call the restaurant today. We're not calling them right now. They are three hours behind. We will be calling them on the evening show. But yes, Donnie C, great supporter of the show. This is his business. Make sure you check it out. We've got 99 to go, folks. I think we can do it. I think we can get 250 businesses on there. Okay. So tell your friends, tell your families, and let's get them on there. Let's move on to Wisconsin for a minute. With the election audit update there, we already know that uh, Gableman is doing a a lot into the investigation of Mark Zuckerberg and all of the money that got funneled into Wisconsin uh, illegally, I might add, and how it swayed the election. And he's calling for the firing and possible jailing of two Democratic mayors as it sits right now. We also know that the Wisconsin uh, legislature there is doing everything they can to uncover illegal ballots and illegal voting. We have the Racine County Sheriff Department 
who has uh, sent um, felony charges to the DA in order to put on the five of the six election commission members, which still, by the way, hasn't happened. We're going to have to get a campaign together to get uh, a hold of that district attorney there and make sure that that happens. But also, ladies and gentlemen, what you have happening there is the legislature trying to take power from the executive branch which is the governor. They're doing the same thing in Pennsylvania. This is massive leading up to 22, 2022, especially the elections. If the governors in Wisconsin and the governor in Pennsylvania is limited on anything they can do to touch the election or to make anything to happen outside of what the legislature puts forth, then they can get in some serious trouble, ladies and gentlemen. So that's good things coming out of Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, limiting the power of the executive branch as it pertains to state and federal elections. But that's not even the major update today in Wisconsin. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the latest in Wisconsin, a hearing this week has revealed 119,283 active voters on the voting roll from the 1800s, ladies and gentlemen. I am not kidding you. 119,283 active voters who were on the state registration, state voter roll from the 1800s. This is why the voting register, the voting rolls were so important, ladies and gentlemen. And this is why, with state audits, that getting into and really researching what's going on in these voting rolls is major important, majorly important. Because what the Democrats are doing is they're using these dead people or these people who don't even live there anymore, haven't lived there for years, for phantom votes. Those are the voters that they can match fake fraudulent votes to in the middle of the night and dump them in for whoever they need to in order to win. We need to clear up these voter rolls. This is probably one of the most important things that we can do state by state is clean up these dang voter rolls so we no longer have phantom voters. I want to play for you a video from a guy who's really, really into this and found a lot of this out, okay? This is in Wisconsin, and you're about to hear exactly what happened there let me uh bring this up on the right possible screen for you i think it's right here here we go check this out incredible the thing that caught the eye is that there are nine that have been registered for more than 120 years uh and 121,251 that have been registered uh between 110 and 119 years uh, the reason for that number when we dug in more is that there are 119,000 and change voters who have an application date of January 1st, 1918. Uh, we have we have heard that that number is a perhaps a placeholder for information that was not available. That is though a very large number, 119,283. That's just people who are active today. In total, the people who are both active and inactive in that file, the number is more than 500,000. What? That have that particular date. Uh, that is definitely a not an anomaly. It doesn't look right. And as such, it needs to be explained, uh, in my opinion. Now, he's got another portion of this video. He's got about four videos where he really explains this, but his last one it was really eye-opening as well. So let me play his last video on this thread. In conclusion, uh, the irregularities and red flags found by both this report and the Valentine report indicate a huge potential for nefarious actors to access the Wisconsin voter registration system and allow them to manipulate any voter status. 
there needs to be an investigation by competent outside database experts to explain the causes of the specific anomalies. This investigation needs to determine the complete database structures, hosting locations, the user access list, and examine the system log files for evidence of external intrusion. The investigation also needs to determine if third-party voter organizations have been granted access to the system to cre create, manipulate, or Im improperly utilize voter records in contravention of state law. Uh, in addition, the procedures and standards for creating and updating voter registration records must be determined, published, and make sure that they are rigorously followed in the future. Only by these actions can we assure the public that their duly appointed election officials have been, are being, and will be faithful executors of the duties with which they are entrusted. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say something real quick here. If you do a proper audit of your state's uh, election system, then you would get into these phantom voters, you would get into these 500,000 or so that have the date, a very similar date, and at least 119,000 from the 19 early 1900s, I said 1800s, but I meant early 1900s, over 100 years anyway. Uh, thank you, Greg. God bless you for that $20 donation. I appreciate it. If you get into these, you can find out who the votes were for. And if you can find out who the votes were for, you can find out if these people are still alive. I guarantee you, they're 110-year-old people are not voting. So this is why we need a real audit in these states. we got to keep pushing for it in Wisconsin. But i got to tell you what, months and months ago, people like myself, Bannon, told you that the low-hanging fruit was Wisconsin. And it still is Wisconsin. I fully expect Wisconsin and Arizona to decertify their elections early next year based on all the evidence and the proof that we have, and especially with the felony charges that have been recommended. Okay? Now, I want to jump from that for a minute to talk about Mark Meadows, okay? Because Mark Meadows has seemed to grow a spine 10 times the size of his normal spine, much like the Grinch when his heart grew 10 times the size of his normal spine heart size ladies and gentlemen but either way ladies and gentlemen mark is taking the approach of steve bannon and going on the offense folks he has now filed a federal lawsuit against both punch drunk with power nancy pelosi and the january 6th unselect committee let me read this story for you real quick showdown it says trump chief of staff mark meadows sues pelosi and the January 6th committee. The sham January 6th committee on Wednesday prepared to proceed with the criminal contempt charges against Meadows after he declined to, uh, to appear for the, de the deposition. Mark Meadows informed the committee he would no longer appear for the sham committee for the deposition because they weren't respecting the boundaries concerning the executive privilege. Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson got super mad, got big mad, and they wanted to move forward with the contempt charges. But according to court records, Meadow is now, Meadows is now suing Nancy Pelosi and the January 6th committee um, and they are prepared to take, he's prepared to take action against them. Meadows, facing an imminent threat of criminal contempt charge, is suing the Speaker of the House and the, form, and the uh, January 6th committee um, because he says they are trying to force him to discuss matters that will be covered by executive privilege and they're trying to force him into a situation where they can eventually charge him and jail him. So he is taking it, uh, taking the fight to them, much like Steve Bannon is, and it's nice to see that Mark Meadows actually grew a little bit of a spine in all of this. I got two more stories to go through, so, so just bear with me, folks, because I got more good news. Um... More good news coming from people who don't actually complain on social media and actually get their hands dirty and fight. Judicial Watch's Tom Fitton 
has been uh, in a long battle lately uh, trying to get Joe Biden's Senate document records released from the University of Delaware. They would not be released. Um, uh, the, the University of Delaware refused after a FOIA request refused to give the uh, the documents over. Now, these are these are Joe Biden's Senate document records. This is all the things documented to Joe Biden while he was a senator, before he was a vice president. And there's a lot of stuff that you're going to find out in here about sexual allegations, Tara Reid, and many, many, many other things that he did, including all of his racist rhetoric and everything. Joe uh, Tom Fitton with Judicial Watch has been fighting to get these forever. Now, in the state of Delaware, a superior court after a FOIA request was denied, and after the university said, we're not going to give you the records, Tom Fitton then sued the university. That is when the Superior Court in Delaware sided with the university and said that Tom Fitton and the Judicial Watch uh, group was not allowed to get the Senate records for Joe Biden. So then it was taken to the Delaware Supreme Court. And ladies and gentlemen, by the grace of God, the Delaware Supreme Court has ruled along with Tom Fitton and the Judicial Watch group and has demanded and ordered that the University of Delaware hand over, get this, 1,850 boxes full of documents of everything that pertains to Joe Biden's Senate uh, longevity that he had. So this is huge news, ladies and gentlemen, because what Tom Fitton is about to get, what the Judicial Watch group is about to get, is something that we have been trying to get for the last two and a half years, and we're finally going to get it. This court has ordered the university to hand over all 1,850 boxes of documents, and from what I understand, they have already started to comply. So once Judicial Watch goes through this stuff, you're going to see tons of stuff uh, put out by Joe Biden to the public, particularly around the sexual allegations from Tara Reid and so many other people. So this is huge news, folks. This is big, big news. And you should be very happy about this news and tell everybody. Um, Donnie C says, I ordered a ton of my pillow stuff for Christmas presents last night and used the promo code LFA. Hope it helps. It does help, my friend. God bless you. But God bless Tom Fitton and God bless you just to watch. And thank God for allowing that to happen. Speaking of my pillow, before we get to the last, um, before we get to the last sh story here, which is also good news. I want to show you the uh, the landing page real quick. I know I've showed you this before. However, if you go to this landing page, folks, right now, here's where you can get quick deals. And these are major deals. The uh, buy one, get one free Giza sheet. You just click there. Your discount code is already entered. Any of these items on this front page, if you click them, your, uh, your promo code is already entered and you get major deals, especially this, the three-inch mattress topper, 50% off. And you can get up to 75% off right here with a lot of overstock stuff, but including the classic MyPillow. So if you're still doing Christmas shopping, folks, oh, I, I know you didn't see that. Let me get over to it there. Here you go. There it is, right there. The landing page, which is MyPillow.com slash LFA, and you click them and you get like a one, one. it's like a quick connect, and it already has the promo code involved. So there's your buy one, get one freeze, but there's up to your 75% off stuff. All real good stuff, man, if you're still doing Christmas shopping. All right, last news of the day. Glenn Beck and his team have uncovered something absolutely critical for the mainstream media to put out. And when Glenn Beck and his team actually exposed this and brought this out 
Tucker Carlson immediately had Glenn Beck on. Now, again, I don't watch either one of their shows. I do pick up like their shorts on, on social media. But what you're about to see is, is mind-blowing. Glenn Beck and his team have, have, have proven and have the documents now through FOIA requests and everything else that the NIH, which is Tony Fauci, and the NIADA, NIA, whatever, Francis, remember his boss who, who resigned, uh, Francis? These people were involved with Moderna and creating a vaccine, and they were, were, they were reviewing Moderna's vaccine in 2019, ladies and gentlemen, and right now, the NIH and Moderna are actually fighting and arguing over who owns Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. This shows you everything you need to know about Tony Fauci and the NIH and everything that they were involved in. It proves even further that they funded uh, building and manufacturing the, the coronavirus itself. And, ladies and gentlemen, just days after locking everything down, is when, uh, wait till, I, you got to see it. I can't even explain it. It's too much. It's too much to explain. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Gain of function, with, which Fauci says never happened, happened in November of 2015. It happened with Dr. Berenice, who was a published paper, November 2015. The USAID and Fauci with um, EcoHealth, or yeah, EcoHealth, they were funding it. It was happening with the Wuhan people, so we know that. But what you may not know is in November, the same month that published paper comes out, the United States begins a partnership with Moderna, and they are searching for uh, mRNA coronavirus vaccines. Kind of a weird coincidence, but wait, it gets worse. In this time, we skip to 2018, DARPA receives a proposal from Dr. Barrick, U.S. guy, uh, Dr. Xi from Wuhan, and Peter Dazet from oh EcoHealth, uh, or EcoHealth, and uh, DARPA sees this and says, this is far too dangerous. We're rejecting your proposal. We don't know what happened from there, but we do know just about 12 months later in Wuhan, where Peter Daszak, Dr. Xi, the Bat Lady, and Dr. Barrick um, were all doing research on coronaviruses. About a year later, there's an outbreak, and the outbreak actually begins, according to documents that we have that have been smuggled out of China, that there were 10 hospitals involved uh, by October with patients that were, uh, were now, we now know, are corona-like virus symptoms. They didn't know what was going on. Now, that was in October. Remember, we didn't know anything about this in December. We were starting to get rumblings. China said there was some sort of an outbreak on December 31st. But Peter, De I'm sorry, not Peter Dazek, Dr. Barrick signs a uh, government um, deal with Moderna. I wanna, I wanna read it exactly to you. This, this deal was uh, made, it's confidential, it's 100 and, I don't know, 58 pages long. Um, it is, if I skip to page 104, they are entering a specific private confidential agreement. The NIH appears to be transferring technology to Dr. Barrick, but th what they're making clear is, quote, mRNA coronavirus vaccine candidates developed and jointly owned by NIAID and Moderna. 
Now this is weird because it's two weeks later that we know there's a problem. They signed that deal two weeks before and they signed it with the doctor who happened to be a partner with the bat lady in Wuhan. Here's where it gets really dark. These are the same group of people that in the end of January begin to have meetings and they shut down and begin to smear anyone who's looking into the lab leak theory. They, they establish that's not true, don't even look there. It, it appears to be collusion. I, you know, we've passed this on to several people in uh, Congress and the Senate. We know Rand Paul is on this and Dr. Fauci has some answers to give. Well, I just want to affirm what you're saying. You're the reporting, the amazing reporting you, you've done on this. Here's a clip of the recently departed NIH director, Francis Collins, admitting on camera that the U.S. government has a stake. Listen to this. Facts. Watch this. Who's going to own that vaccine? Does the federal government own it? One of the vaccines, the one that's furthest along, was started actually at the federal government in our own vaccine research center at NIH and then worked with a biotechnology company called Moderna to get to where we are now with very impressive phase one results and getting ready to go into a large scale trial as early as July. That one, of course, we do have some particular uh, stake in the intellectual property. Hmm. This just see, I mean, you are not making this up. What you're saying is true. I, really quickly, why is this not a front page story? All of the all of the documents we we spent about a year on this with people like charles rixley from drastic uh with judicial long story short ladies and gentlemen tony fauci is going to be behind bars before he dies and we are going to make sure of that and all of this reporting the people like glenn beck all of the stuff that Rand paul's doing all of this great work that that uh, senator ted cruz is doing this the stuff that uh, project veritas is doing and all the way down to little old me for exposing it out there and getting it out to the to the people who normally wouldn't get it we are going to make sure he's in jail but you know what the greatest thing about that entire thing was <laughs> the greatest thing was tucker <laughs> trying to process everything that he was hearing so big shout out to glenn beck i know glenn beck had some troubles there with trump for a while but i think he had a he had an epiphany when it came to trump and i, and I don't really care if you like trump or not what i care about is you're fighting for this country something that glenn beck has done for a very 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 long time all the way back ladies and gentlemen when he was uh when he put out a, a book a long time ago arguing with idiots that's the first time i really uh started listening to glenn beck very intelligent man haven't always agreed with him but he's going after Tony the rat face Fauci, as we all should. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Live from America today. Remember, like I said, folks, you have to get in your orders. Now, save room, save room, because there's going to be a lot, uh, there's going to be a lot more stuff going on the, the online store uh, this weekend and next week. But like my wife said, you only have until the 16th, ladies and gentlemen, until the 16th to order any of these new items or any of all any and all items off the store so make sure you get there today or at least by the 16th so that you can get them by christmas that's going to do it for live from america today folks it's been an honor it's been a pleasure to be with you again every day all day i will not be doing an evening show tomorrow because the real america's voice crew is coming back tomorrow and we got to make sure we get the studio transferred over and working well by monday my goal is to be into the new studio by monday so god bless you thank you for all of the help thank you for all the financial help to make sure it happens we're only doing a show tonight and tomorrow morning no evening show tomorrow please spread the word 
Ladies and gentlemen, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Thank you all for joining in today, whether you're on uh, Getter, Rumble, Roku, Firestick. It doesn't matter. I love you all. I'll see you tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, for more Live from America. I hope to see you all tonight. Share the video if you haven't.